welcome to the Compassionate Business Collective. I'm Alex Oakle, registered associate nutritionist turned compassionate business coach. I help wellbeing professionals build and scale their businesses with impact and without burnout. Join me every week for chats about business basics, online marketing, getting more visible, scaling with success, and more importantly, building a business in true alignment with your values and without compromising your own wellbeing. Hi, Lorna, how are you doing? Hi, I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm really looking forward to today's conversation because you are a bit of an email marketing whiz, expert, whatever you want to call it. And I'm really, really looking forward to this conversation because if anyone knows me or has listened to my podcast before or is on my email list, you'll know that I bang on about email all the time because I think it's so important and actually this week um I saw a like fitness and wellness kind of influencer person who lost their account of 80,000 followers and on Instagram and they had no backup no website no email list and I literally was like that is everyone's nightmare like I saw that (laughs) yeah that does just hammers home the point doesn't it of having an email list or at least some other way of kind of building a community um so yeah I think this is a really timely conversation do you want to just start off by introducing yourself to my listeners sure um hi I'm Lorna um I'm I think I'm probably best known for being email and e-commerce marketing I don't like to use the word expert but we're British so (laughs) that's, that's kind of a thing right um I have been in marketing for the last 12 years, which kind of makes me feel a little bit sick in the back of my mouth every time I say it, because I'm still not over the fact that I've turned 30. Um, I will be celebrating my fourth birthday business on the 1st of April. Cannot believe it's been four years. Um, And yeah, I basically started out when I was 18 working in the big corporates and then about of severe depression um, and changed my life changed made me change the course of my life and my career so now I help the the small to medium businesses that actually want to create a life that they actually like that they don't have to go back to that mundane boring desk job that they hate and they drag themselves to because trust me I've been there um and yeah I just help make marketing a little bit easier um but obviously kind of focusing on email predominantly um, why email? What's the story behind specialising in email marketing? <laughs> what, a, what a question. Why email? <laughs> um, essentially, I think what happened was when I first started my business, I did all of the things that we all do, right? I undercharged. I said yes to everything. I wanted to solve everybody's problems and do all the things. Um, but very quickly learned. I mean, I say quickly. It took me 10 or 11 months quickly learned what I did and didn't like. And it took a lot of kind of mental conversations to say, actually, this is my business. I don't, Mm. I don't have a job description anymore. So I'm allowed to do what I want to (laughs) do. Yeah. (laughs) That was a a really groundbreaking moment of like, (laughs) actually, (laughs) I make the rules, um, which is quite scary in itself. But um, yeah, uh, I think social media kind of managing people's Instagram and Facebook and all that kind of stuff I very quickly learned that that had a detrimental impact on my mental health which wasn't in good condition as it was so 
those two things paired together, I kind of started testing things, putting different offers together out into the world and, you know, seeing what people needed. Um, I've always loved email, but I think the thing, I was kind of thinking about this before we, we started recording. When you come from a corporate background, it's really hard. You don't realise how conditioned you are to certain things. Mm. So when you kind of work in a corporate background, especially in a marketing capacity, you kind of have to know a bit of everything. Um, and that's great. And I think that's why I fell into the trap when I first started my business. But I really like the fact that I can almost prove my work, if that makes yeah. sense. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I can say, we sent this email out and this is what you got in return. This is how many clicks you got. This is how much money you made from it. Whereas I think, you know, Instagram, social media, is great and it's very much needed you're never going to hear me say that you shouldn't have a social media presence but i just like the fact especially from a business point of view where somebody can say laura i need your help you know there's that exchange of monetary value and i can say cool this is what i'm going to give you in return mm -hmm. yeah that is yeah that's a really good point and i think instagram is just it is a great oh any social media is a great tool but i do think that it is the nurturing side of the equation rather than the converting side from what yeah. I'm thinking anyway. Um, so yeah, I get that. It's nice to have more tangible results and, and something maybe a little bit less unpredictable, like with the way that social media is, it does feel like it's always changing and evolving, which is obviously important. But whereas Instagram, sorry, email is, it's a relatively like we can, you know, we learn new things. There's different iOS updates, all of that stuff, but it's, it doesn't feel like it's changing every day, which is how I feel sometimes about Instagram and TikTok. Yeah, hundred percent. So I think, you know, the last two big changes have happened in what a four five year time span. So yeah, iOS updates, you're absolutely correct. Um, and the one before that was GDPR, which was back in 2019. Right. Of course. Yeah. I didn't even think about that probably because I, wasn't in business then so <laughs> over my head um so yeah that's that's great reasons for for email and also for loads of my clients I see this all the time where they kind of get it and they're like yes yes email you say it all the time and I hear it from other people other professionals but it's always on their to-do list and they never quite get around to it so why do you think that businesses um in particular need an email list or should have an email list let's say I mean, you probably covered one of them right at the beginning about that influencer that lost mm -hmm. their, their following, right? That that must feel devastating. And I think if we're thinking of the same person, luckily, I think she kind of knew some accounts that had big followings and they kind of promoted her and she's kind of back up to almost where she was if we're talking about the same person. Yeah. Um, which is great. But you would like to think that she's kind of gone, maybe I need a bit more of a backup plan. So that's just one singular reason. But I think we've all become so accustomed to the instant gratification of social media, right? We mm. put up a post, we see the likes, we see the comments, we see the whatever. And, you know, occasionally you might get some sales, great. But it, it's just, it's not a long-term strategy because you're going to have days where you just can't be bothered or you can't think of an idea of what to post or you can't, you know you, you don't want to be on your phone whatever it is mm -hmm. and if that's your only source of traffic of sales of anything then 
to be blunt, I don't really think you've got much of a business. And it's just, for, for me, email is the fact of, let's put it this way, we all spend so much time creating content, right, for Instagram. I do it just as much as everybody else, so don't, I'm not trying to bag on anybody. Um, but we do that, and we all spend so much time. But if somebody, let's say your ideal customer goes on Instagram, sees your reel, sees your thing, goes, oh, that's really interesting. But for whatever reason, they don't follow. And then all of a sudden in the background, mom, can I have a snack? Yeah. They've put their phone down or the postman's knocked at the door, which I'm going to be brutally honest, is probably going to happen during this podcast episode. So if I miss my delivery, Alex, it's on you. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, they've been called away. They've been distracted. That person's gone. There is no way of being able to communicate with them again. Yeah. And, you know, we might be using social media to drive traffic to our website. Great. That is a great strategy. But if you then drive them to your website and then let them leave with no way of being able to communicate with them again, what, what, why would they come back? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cap- capturing their data and then taking them and nurturing them through a journey of what you do, who you are, what you sell, what you offer, why it's important to them, why it's going to solve their problem is so fundamentally easy mm-hmm. with email. Yeah. And when people find you, you know, via Instagram, via, you know, Google search, whatever it is, and they get on your website and then something pops up for them to join their email list with a product-based business, usually it is a discount code with a service-based business freebies have been like the norm you know for the last however many years to give someone something of value um like a checklist a pdf maybe even a webinar or a masterclass or something like that to kind of entice people to join their list do you think those sort of tactics sounds always sounds really like aggressive (laughs) (laughs) they still work do you think in the same way that they maybe even did two or three years ago like kind of deep pandemic pandemic times when we were all kind of chronically online like do you still think those things work to get people onto your email list so yes and no so you're absolutely correct so email's been around longer than social so you know the the ebook the free webinar that has been around for 20 plus years Mm -hmm. and during the pandemic we're also information overloaded we're not stupid anymore, right? We we know that you're gonna give you're gonna send me something, an ebook or a video, and you want my email address, and then you're probably gonna piss me off because you're gonna email me a hundred times a day, and that's what it feels like. And that's why so many people feel like they're banging their head against a brick wall when they think about email. That's why it sits on their to-do list. Mm-hmm. And it does work. But the the thing I'm seeing the most, especially with all of my clients, is that we're having to come up with creative ways of, of getting people's email addresses. Mm-hmm. And not in a not in a clickbaity, spammy, we actually want to piss people off way, but you know, ebooks ebooks work, yes, webinars work. My service-based business client, brand designer, last week did a webinar, launched a course, great success. It does work. But from a business perspective, you just need to be thinking of creative ways of of getting their email addresses it's no longer acceptable to you know I still see people say just sign up to my newsletter no not good enough absolutely not good enough 
even if you say I'm going to send you xyz once a week it's not good enough it's not why should I give you my data for that why should I allow you into my space 90% of us I think the statistic is check our emails at least once a day and first thing in the morning why would I allow you into that personal space where I'm probably still in bed (laughs) yeah (laughs) just so that you can email me willy-nilly because you want to sell something it's just not acceptable mm-hmm. so ebooks yes webinars yes but i always challenge people to create something that they would be happy to sell and take money yes. for if it's not up to that standard don't even bother yeah i was recording a podcast episode this morning and i literally said that exact same thing if you're not willing to sell it don't give it to someone for free and I think people take that as it needs to take me like three months to pull something together. It doesn't need yeah. to be that long, but it needs to, I think it needs to be value led and have some form of transformation or kind of mini transformation, I suppose, in it. Like you need to be able to get something out of this freebie that's it's not just fluff and it's not just there just because someone's told you you need a freebie. 100%. You, I couldn't have said it better. So the, the easiest way that I kind of help clients go through this is because the, one of the biggest things, strangely, and it's going, there are going to be people that listen to this and go, oh, yeah, that makes total sense. I never thought about it like that because it happens all the time. <laughs> A lot of people will create some form of lead magnet that actually doesn't lead onto their service, which yeah. blows my mind. <laughs> so I would challenge you, if you're at the point of trying to create some form of lead magnet, challenge you to look at your service and the transformation and the things that you work through and find three problems that you help your customer or your client with, regardless of whether that's a product or a service. Mm-hmm. And then break that down again. They're looking for one thing that you know they need. So you want somebody to see it and go, I need that. I have to do that now. And then your thing, regardless of whether it's a five day challenge, regardless of whether it's a webinar, regardless of whether it's a video, an ebook, whatever it is, is going to give them that answer. They're going to implement it. They're going to see the change. And then you're going to reappear straight after and say, if you thought it was good, if you've got the transformation, this is what we could actually achieve if we work together. And it, sh- it should always drive people to your service. Don't give them something that does not relate to your services. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is so true. I, I, I definitely see that quite a lot where it's, and it doesn't have to be exact, like on the nose, like it's just, it's part of maybe like, say you're selling a course on a certain topic. It doesn't have to be like, it's about module one of that course. It doesn't have to be so specific, but it has to make sense in the kind of customer journey that the thing that they get for free like you said leads nicely into the paid offer and it's still valuable on its own but it makes sense with the bigger offer yeah 100% and I actually did a power hour last week and talking on on the topic of kind of coming up with creative other ways um it was kind of a parenting brand and they were quite tongue-in-cheek and we actually kind of came to the conclusion that one of the best ways, and this might give people a bit of an idea, um, was we created a quiz. So there are so many different um, platforms out there that help you do this. Um, and, you know, there's a bit of kind of fiddly work in terms of if they answer X, Y, Z, then give them this result kind of thing. But so the brand itself was quite tongue in cheek. And we created a quiz that just kind of said, what kind of parent are you going to be? 
and all of a sudden it it kind of it made the value that it was giving people was that it was making them laugh because the brand was tongue-in-cheek anyway so it kind of fit with the brand but then they got their results to get their results they went through the quiz to get the result they had to put in their email address therefore building the database for the brand um then they were sent an email with their outcome and we actually found that like 60 or 70 percent were screenshotting it putting it on their instagram stories sharing it with their friends and being like how funny is this yeah and then all of a sudden that just raised even more awareness because not to generalize a lot of people that are pregnant you know i'm finding that people my age are all having babies settling down getting married so they all kind of know each other so all of a sudden that gave us the awareness Mm -hmm. to get more people onto the database and it was ideal clients because the product that they were selling all right it wasn't anything to do with what kind of parent you're going to be but it was parenting courses and parenting resources so they're at that stage of looking for that thing because they're currently pregnant so it just helped funnel them into that that product and that service yeah and also stuff like I think quizzes works really well because it's personalized it's just a bit more of like a deeper experience I suppose and yeah it can be so beneficial for you or you know as the brand or business to be able to segment your audience which I think is something that people could use run away from (laughs) yeah I think it sounds scary and it sounds really techy whereas actually it's just a really nice way to improve the customer experience because if I give my business for an example, you know, I work with people who are right at the start who don't have businesses yet. And I also work with people who are ready to scale and want to do things like affiliate marketing, group programs, building out courses and stuff like that. Obviously two very dis- like different clients. So if I'm always sending those people who are, you know, ready to scale my build your business course, which is like bare bones, basics, how to get started. It's not a great customer experience because they don't need that. They're past that. So, you know, with the baby um, on the parenting business case, it can be a really nice way to determine, you know, are they pregnant? Do they have a toddler or do they have like a young child? And then you can send them specific emails that relate to that. And it's, I think it's a really lovely way to improve the customer experience um, and, you know, in turn sales and clients, I think. Yeah, 100%. And that's the whole point of segmentation even if you took it back to an even more general idea. So obviously we've just given you two examples, but take it back to clothing websites. You go onto ASOS. I always tell this story because I find it hilarious. Probably a couple of years ago, I signed up to their emails right at the beginning of my business journey. And they sent me an email that was all about men's clothing. Mm -hmm. For anybody that doesn't know me, I'm the singlest person there is. Um, The only men in my life is my dad and my brothers. And I'm not going to lie, I don't wear men's clothing. So by not segmenting me into showing me women's clothing or even asking me, being bothered to ask me what I wanted to see, I unsubscribed because it was irrelevant to me. So by not segmenting, not only, yes, you're absolutely right, it improves the customer journey, but the reason it does that is because you're selling, you're sending relevant information to that person. When you send irrelevant information, they give up. They don't care. They're going to unsubscribe. They're going to leave and they're going to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, you, you, you don't want to piss people off right at the start. Yeah. <laughs> that is the way 
thing you don't want to do with your email list um that's yeah that's a good story that's a good like especially some you think everyone's got their shit together especially (laughs) and that just proves the point that we're all just muddling our way through so that might make people feel a bit um I'd love to hear some of the best ways that you and your clients um kind of participate in to be able to grow your email list anything that's a bit more interesting than the usual just like you know post on your stories about your freebie you know like post uh, when you'd like to do a podcast like a podcast guesting opportunity talking about your freebie which are all great ways is there anything else that we can be doing to grow that list so the most annoying thing <laughs> i'm really sorry is the boring stuff work yes the biggest the biggest thing that i see with every single there is not there's not been one client that i can say was nailing it mm-hmm. people create their email list and then forget about it so it's great if you are email emailing consistently to your current subscribers but you're never going to see the growth unless you grow your email list, right? Mm-hmm. So first step is absolutely, please, please, please talk about it. Talk about what you're going to send them, why you're going to send it, why it's beneficial to them, yeah. all of that great stuff. The second argument is pop-ups. People, am I allowed to swear? Yeah, of course. People fucking hate pop-ups. Mm-hmm. But the data shows that they work and every I'm, single I'm gonna time. An example of this. So I've moved my nutrition website from Squarespace to WordPress at the end of last year. Big fat, mm-hmm. big job, but fine. It's it's workable. Huge um, job. Huge job. I didn't have um I had pop-ups on Squarespace and it worked well, but I hadn't like found like a you know, because it's all it's not it's not as intuitive as Squarespace. You have to find like a plugin where you can like put a pop-up. So I just hadn't bothered. And I literally did it on Monday and I've already had like 15 subscribers. And we'd really slowed down with our email list subscriptions because it was just on like the sidebar and, you know, like in, you know, a few areas across the website. But pop-ups, they they just work. I'm sorry to say they work. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, whenever I talk about them, everyone's like, no, hate them, can't stand them. No, it's fan no for me. And I'm like, but like, I, I'm, I'm quite an analytical person, and um, if you, if I can sit there and say the data shows that it works, on you have no argument. To be, to be brutally honest, your, honestly, your opinion doesn't matter. Yeah. In the nicest way possible. What's, what's, what would you rather win, your opinion or data <laughs> and actually getting results? You know what I mean. At some point, your ego has to take a backseat. And also, I think if you've like nailed all the stuff before that we were talking about, like if it is if you're the free thing that you're giving to get people on the list is relevant to your audience and you let people, you know, be able to like tick the boxes of what they want to, you know, hear from you or, you know, self-segment themselves, then it's not weird and sleazy and pro marketing because it's, you know, especially with like a, you know, if you have a product, you know, saying sign up for 10% off, or if you're a service-based business and you give people a really high value freebie, like, I don't know what the problem is there. If you're, <laughs> value, if you're leading with value and it's not, I think also with pop-ups um, and you can, you're much more of an expert here, but I, I always say to people, you know, make sure it's not as soon as they open the page, you know, they, they've scrolled around a little bit, maybe they've scrolled 50% and then it pops up. Just little things like that to make the experience a bit nicer, but I have no problem with pop-ups. <laughs> yeah, 100%. There's always optimization routes. So 
you're exactly right making sure that you know it's not straight in someone's face but a pop-up is just there to kind of catch the attention and you're absolutely right in what you're saying Alex like if it's of value of some description and the reason I always use pop-ups as well is because going back to what we were saying before about you're spending so much time energy brain power whatever creating all of this content for Instagram driving them to your website what are you just going to let them leave mm-hmm. never to come back again yeah if if you interrupt their track with a pop-up that actually could help them they're more likely and more inclined to insert their email address and then you can communicate with them mm-hmm. and the best part about email is that it a they've actually asked for it unlike social media yeah. and b it's one-to-one communication you're not shouting into this massive abyss of like random human beings they've come to your website because there is a form of interest mm-hmm. so to capture that data in some way shape or form can only benefit your business yeah and especially for people who are kind of a, a like a face-led business like it's their business they are the business and they maybe are feeling a little bit I guess worried or uncomfortable about kind of presenting themselves online and showing kind of the real them I always say an email list is a great place to be able to like build your confidence as well because like you said people have chosen to hand over a valuable valuable commodity which is their email address and they have literally opted in to say I want to hear more from this person so if you are kind of new and you're building your confidence online it can be a great way to start telling your story to start explaining about your brand and why you've built it and all of these things in a bit more of like a comfortable environment because I get it you know when you're on Instagram or TikTok you are like you said shouting into the abyss and anyone could reply you know or or anyone can be like having a little nose which could be you know people from school or like family members (laughs) seeing so I do quite I do like that about email you can kind of it's it, it feels a bit more like of a community of people who've truly opted in to hear more about you and more about you and your business yeah 100 percent. and you know we're all being told all of these different things from all of the gurus you know show up on real show your face all of this stuff and if you'll just start it regardless some people who have been in business 10 years still don't have the confidence to stand in front of the camera it's yeah. not for everyone yes but with email you're in total control of what it looks like of the words that you write you don't even have to put an image in there if you don't want to or you can put an image of your cat I put an image of my cat in my, one of my last emails it's the <laughs> most responded to email I think I've ever had yeah <laughs> nuts but you're in control of it the colors mm-hmm. the fonts the what you write how you come across all of it Instagram not so much you kind of have to play by Instagram's rules and their algorithms sometimes yeah that is so true And I think what is driving people a bit mad on Instagram at the moment, I saw someone talking about it last night, is the fact that it seems like one minute you might be reaching 600 people on stories and then the next day you might only be reaching 60 people. Whereas obviously with email, it depends on the time of day you send and all of these sort of things that you can mess around with. But like generally you do, it's quite consistent with the amount of people who are going to open it and have a little look. Whereas social media can feel like you never know when you post something you never know what you're going to expect or going to see yeah 100% and the in one of the interesting things that a client said to me the other day was I feel like I'm emailing a lot and therefore pissing people off mm-hmm. and the biggest thing that I feel like I, I have to repeat it to myself so 
anybody that feels like this, I don't blame you at all. I work in it and I still do it. Mm-hmm. But you are the only person that sees 100% of your emails. Yes. Because you write them, because you create them, because you schedule them. They're, regardless of whether you've got a 30% open rate or a 60% open rate, I would happily put a bet on the fact that they're not the same 60%. Yeah. If you send an email on a Monday and then one on a Thursday, yeah, there might be a couple of people that have opened both, but there might be a couple of people that have opened one and not the other. So you're not pissing people off because firstly, they've actually asked to hear from you. So if you don't email them, you're doing them a disservice. Mm-hmm. But nobody, you're the only person or your email marketing manager, or whoever does your emails, is the only person that sees all of them. Yeah, yeah, that's such a good point, and something that people often say to me, I don't want to annoy people, and I just say, they've literally, you know, agreed to be here. If you're doing it by the book, and you're actually doing it properly, and like letting people opt in, and not just adding people (laughs) randomly, you know, people have opted in to hear more from you, and they have the option to unsubscribe, and I guess we, that's another thing, is like, we almost have to disconnect a little bit from the when people unsubscribe and like not take it as personally and you know obviously it can can tell us some things you know if there's a mass unsubscribe we've probably fucked up a bit but if you know generally if a few people unsubscribing here and there that's okay and like that is all part of the whole the whole email marketing thing yeah it's it's almost one of those tricky I really don't like the word mindset, but it's the only word that I can use. But it, it is one of those things that you you kind of have to talk yourself out of it because it's not personal. It's not it's not against you. And you know, my business. I'm the face of my business. My business is my name. Mm-hmm. Um, many of us work like that. But even if it isn't your name and you're just the face of it, it's so easy to fall into the trap of taking it personally. Yeah. But like you say going back to the data and I know data scares people but if you had a high unsubscribe rate all you've got to do is just make it different next time it doesn't need to be that dramatic mm-hmm. um it could be that you know maybe you sent an irrelevant email to the wrong group of people so therefore the high unsubscribes would make sense right because like me with ASOS I don't fucking want to hear about men's clothing yeah so if you've made that mistake, hold your hands up. That's okay. Just change it next time. And the one thing I always say about unsubscribes as well is I actually see them as a really positive thing because every email service platform, besides a few, which I know everybody loves Flowdesk, um, essentially charges you, the business, that is an outgoing, that is an investment, um, based on how many subscribers you have. Mm-hmm. And if you find that, you know, we all we all have felt privy to the fact that we want to hit 10k on Instagram. Do you remember the days when you could only have a link stick, or you could only have the swipe up links if you had 10k on Instagram? Yeah. The number of subscribers you have is literally irrelevant to everyone. Nobody else can see it apart from you. You mm-hmm. can't. You can't see how many subscribers I've got. I can't see how many subscribers you've got. Yeah. So having a big list is just pleasing your ego. Mm-hmm. If you have 10,000 people and only a hundred of those interact, you're paying for those other people. Yeah. Why? Mm-hmm. If 
So therefore, an unsubscribe is a good thing because if they're not going to buy from you anyway, why the hell are you paying for them to be there? That's, yeah, that's a really good point. And also, you know, it's better to have 100, you know, engaged people, the right people as well, you know, like people who are actually going to buy from you, you know, whether it's tomorrow, next month or in 10 years time, like at least they're the right people. Whereas so many people, you know, because of, you know, changing their mind, which is absolutely fine when you're kind of figuring out who you want to be, what your business is going to be, but make sure that you kind of make your content so that it does keep the right people in and it does kind of actively repel those people who aren't the right fit or who it doesn't suit because like you said you are literally paying for the privilege of having them on your list so let's talk about that quickly in terms of I always recommend MailerLite um who would you like what sort of email providers do you like or do your clients enjoy and and have you found (laughs) results with I guess um so the only thing I will say is one of the biggest stopping points for people getting started with email is that they don't know which platform to choose. Mm-hmm. Through, through honesty, they all do the same fucking thing. Yeah. So they're all built for you to send emails. You can move between platforms. Yes, it's a little bit of work, but it's not. It won't take you days or weeks or months like it probably did for you to move from Squarespace to WordPress. <laughs> it's it's half an hour, an hour's work tops. So if you're kind of umming and ahhing, I don't know which one, to, just please just pick one. Mm-hmm. Um, but with everything that happens in marketing, I'm going to use the, the fun phrase of it depends. Because yeah. yes, they all do the same thing, but just like every other service, they're all built for a particular ideal client in mind. So if you have a product-based business that is on Shopify, then Clavio will 100% work better for you than any other platform because it was purposely built to integrate with Shopify. It's purposely built, all of its integrations, all of its functions are aimed at selling products. That's not to say that Flowdesk won't work. That's not to say that you won't make money through MailerLite. That's not to say that insert any other platform mm-hmm. won't work, but Clavio was purposely built for it. For service-based businesses, I just I think there's almost there's there's almost a couple of questions that you kind of have to ask yourself in terms of what do I want to be sending? How frequently do I want to be sending it? You as a business, you have to take budget into mind. You know, how much budget can you set aside for it? Because different platforms have different price brackets. Um and you know, I've always unfortunately bad math flow desk a little bit. But that's only because I have experience. Like I made sure that every platform that I work with and therefore my clients work with, I have personally used. Mm-hmm. It's great as a tool to get started. I just find that the functionality of it is not where I would need it to be. So, you know, think about things of automations. Everybody, we've just talked about lead magnets. You should have some form of automation, a welcome sequence, um, a set of emails that literally introduce who you are, give them the freebie, what you do, what you offer, that kind of stuff. Great. Mm -hmm. Automations can go so much further than that in terms of, you know, sending an email to anybody that clicked on a particular link to anybody that showed an interest in a particular product. If it's linked to your website, Flowdesk doesn't really have that capability. So thinking about how clever you want to be with email, There are a lot of people, if you're just starting out or even if you're kind of 
you know, I know I want to do email. I just need to get started. Front desk is fine because you're going to have a welcome sequence. And then I would just encourage you to email once a week, minimum. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love MailerLite. I'm so glad that you recommend it. Um, it's it's kind of my lower end of it's kind of for me it's the starter um platform but you know they're constantly making updates as well so they have good integrations now they have good design tools Mm -hmm. so it's just about working out what works for you because you know if you feel like you've only got an hour a week to spend on it you need to find something where it's really intuitive it's really easy to use and you can design something quickly and easily that you know you've only got your hour if yeah. you've got some form of, I don't know, let's say you've got an intern or you've got your 16-year-old cousin wants to do something through summer, <laughs> you know, maybe you've got a little bit of extra time to play around with different functions and different designs. So you choose a different platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really, really helpful. I think what is really key is balancing that um, what do I need right now? What is my budget yes. and what do I also see doing in the future you know to a point like if that's going to stop you from starting then don't think about that yeah it can be helpful you know if you're thinking because it you know it's easier just to stick with one and you know stay there but like you said it's not that hard to swap in between so don't let that hold you back that's really helpful Uh, let's talk a little bit about selling on email because I know that people once they've got started maybe (laughs) they've got a welcome sequence then maybe they start sending an email every week and that's all going well but then it's actually like well how do I actually make any money from this list and a lot of people have a lot of uh feelings around feeling icky or uncomfortable about selling in email do you have any tips ideas like you were saying before like mindset's a bit of a funny one but I do think this is a lot about mindset about feeling like almost apologetic for being in people's inboxes 100% it's the ick isn't it it's we kind of all sit there and we all do it. I do it. It's my job. I still do it. And we sit there and go, oh, that feels really minging. I can't. Oh, I can't do that. I can't. I can't send that. Um, and it's just the same as selling anywhere else, to be brutally honest, because all you're doing is saying, here's my thing. Here's the thing that I offer. This is how much it is. Would you like it? You're inviting people to it. You're not holding a gun to their head. And if they're not interested, they'll either not respond they'll not click the link they'll unsubscribe great cool no problem no drama um to get over the ick to begin with i very much push home the point with my clients about reminding yourself of the purpose of an email because for me too many people try and sell the thing in the email but just as I encourage you to capture data on a website. An email shouldn't have all of the things, all of the all of the details, all of the stuff. Because you're giving no you're giving no reason for that subscriber to then click to find out more. Mm-hmm. So when you know product-based businesses are the worst for this, they'll send out an email that has 20 different products in it, the price, the color of it, the image of it, and that's great. But if I don't want any of those things, I, I don't I don't care. I don't need to click, do I? Mm-hmm. So you're all looking at open rates and click-through rates. And the amount of people that tell me their click-through rate is shocking. Yeah. And it's actually not that bad, but, you know, in the grand scheme of things. And it's because you're giving all of the information in the email. But what 
why would I click? If you've told me what it is, what to do, blah, 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 how much it is, and then at the bottom kind of put click here to book your spot, if I don't want the spot, I'm not going to click it. Mm. So always go back to the purpose of the email. There is a time and a place for that kind of email. And through honestly, that's where segmentation comes in. Because if someone's clicked previously and shown an interest in your thing where you've not given away all of the details, they've shown an interest. So the strategy would then be to send the, the people that did click that showed an interest another email that says, book your spot now. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, the purpose of the email becomes very different. In terms of selling, I encourage people to sell in every email. But Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be, here's my product, here's my service, go buy it. Here's the price, here's everything. It can be soft selling. So again, going back to the mindset thing of we need to change our approach in we're not holding a gun to someone's head, we're not forcing them to buy the thing. We're just simply communicating what we do and if they if they fancy it, this is how they can, you know, work with me. Mm-hmm. An easy way to do this is if you start sending emails that are very value led, let's say you've got three tips for X, Y, Z, and you're a personal brand and you're signing off the emails as, you know, talk to you soon, Alex. Underneath that, pop in a PS. Mm-hmm. We're so used to PSs, <laughs> letters. It feels very old school. But if that gets you over the fear of selling, mm-hmm. pop a PS in the bottom that says, by the way, I've got two spots for discovery calls this week. Do you want one? And then just simply add a link. Yeah. Um, I've got, I've put together this ebook or I've put together this course. I think you'll really love it. Again, don't give away too much information because the purpose is to drive people to the the page the website that you've worked so fucking hard on Mm. that you've probably invested in a copywriter to make sure that the sales page works don't hide it send people there oh yeah that's a really 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 good tip and something that I'm definitely going to be trying I'll let you know how I get on with that with yeah do saying less (laughs) (laughs) um thank you so much this has been so helpful and interesting and I'm glad that we're on the same page with things I'm glad you didn't come in and just tell me that I'm doing it all wrong so that's <laughs> um, you're absolutely yeah. not doing it all wrong Alex um, yeah, this has been an absolute pleasure do you mind letting everyone know where they can find out more about you and if they can you know work with you yes of course so in terms of working with me um, I offer everything from a power hour mentoring all the way to doing your emails for you um, as much as I buy on it, I, I'm on Instagram all the time. So you can find me at Lorna Scully, spelt with a C, not a K. Mm-hmm. Uh, UK at the end. If you don't put the UK at the end, you will find my personal profile. I'm being bombarded by all of my snappy holiday snaps. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my website is lornascully.com. Um, drop me a DM, drop me an email, whatever it is. I'm always happy to help. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I really appreciate it. Thank you, Alex. It's been an absolute pleasure to be the the person being interviewed rather than the interviewer for once. Perfect. Thank you so much. Bye, Bob. Long time.